Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. This is Rick Roberts. And today I have a special guest in the School of Laughs headquarters. It's Chris Cherry. Chris took my comedy class back in 2008. He took the writing class and performance class. And I wanted to catch up with him. And an interesting thing happened in this podcast that was totally unplanned. Uh, About the 10 or 12 minute mark or so, um, he talks about his job, his current job. He's not a full-time comic yet. And that kind of spun off into a possible direction where he can take his stand-up uh, down the road and develop into more than just a stand-up act, an actual program that he can present in his, uh, I guess you would say, niche and where he works. Anyway, I want you to listen to this and think about any special skills you have, any knowledge you have from a previous or current job that you could actually weave together with your stand-up to help you get more chances on the microphone and actually make a bigger impact with your comedy than just standing up there and telling jokes. But if this is something that interests you, taking your comedy and creating a program or a presentation or a speech, if you will, out of that, I'm very interested in helping you with that, and I would create the online program this summer if there's enough people who would like to take it. So just shoot me an email at schooloflast at gmail.com if that's something that's on your radar, and if enough people are interested, I'll put that together and help us all reach more people. And with that, let's listen to the interview. Today I'm catching up with Chris Cherry, who took my comedy class way back in 2008. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, Rick. How you been? I'm doing good. It's good to see you. I can't believe it's been eight years. I know. It doesn't feel like it. I feel like I just took the class two weeks ago. But <laughs> I know. And we were just talking a second ago. You, you were like 21 when you took the class. Yeah. And you're 29 now. And there's... Anybody who's at least 29 knows there's a big difference in your maturity between 21 and 29. <laughs> it's a huge jump. Like I said, I was still in college, just turned 21, wanted to get into stand-up. And my material then compared to now is completely different. You know, I have a family, two boys. and How old are they? Uh, my oldest is four. My youngest is one. Oh, so, man. Yeah, so I'm right there in the heart of it. So. Oh, I've got a 10 and a 3. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, and I'm an old dude. <laughs> so that's that's cool. Are they keeping you on your toes? Always, every day. And you ever just like look at him and go, listen, I don't care what you do, but make sure it's something I can talk about in my act? <laughs> yes, I talk about my oldest all the time. I have several jokes on him. What, what kind of stuff is he into? Um, my oldest is really smart, but I say he's smart and dumb at the same time. because <laughs> He's like book smart and streets dumb or how? It's a mixture. Yeah. Like my wife, she's a major in psychology, so she's very smart. Then it's me. It's like the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like he can be in school and say something completely smart, then say something dumb right behind it. So right. One year old, he's tearing up everything. Uh mail is all over the house, toys are all over the yeah. house, food. So Yeah, it's funny, like the when kids are like babies when they can f- first start walking they just want to take everything it. out of where yeah. it belongs <laughs> yeah, exactly like if you got a stack of cds it's no longer a stack like, yeah it's, it's a mess of cds yeah. yeah i remember finding like a grilled cheese in the vcr <laughs> i'm like man it still tasted pretty good yeah. but i don't know how you got it in there well, that's cool yeah. man so that's that's a lot to juggle and uh you're not full-time yet you're doing a lot of gigs what's your f- job right now what's going on um, i'm actually a mentor at a middle school oh that's cool so, yeah so uh, i talk to a lot of middle school students every day i go in 
We do different activities. I help them with homework. Um, we have different people. Like right now, I'm working at Haynes Middle School and Jerry Baxter Middle School. Okay. So I go to Haynes first, and then it'll be people come in. Like last year, they built bikes from scratch. And so I'm just, I'm just there to try to guide them and help them on their way. Then I'll go to Jerry Baxter, and they'll do a completely different project. So it's fun. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. It keeps you uh, accountable for your life, too. Right. <laughs> right. So I make sure I have to work, make the right decisions <laughs> right. and you know, try to help them along yeah, the they way. Don't wanna, where are you going? I'm going to bail my mentor out of jail. <laughs> messed up again. Right. Well, that's cool. That's a tough age, man. Yeah, uh, it is. It's junior really high. Tough. You remember junior high for you? Yeah, I do. I it's do. awkward. Yeah, I were very awkward. I remember a lot of things I did in junior high. Uh, might not be necessarily proud of them now. Right. You know, it's, it's like the learning age. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when they pick up a lot of things and, you know, do a lot of different things and trying to figure themselves out. So, yeah. Like, what kind of advice do you give? Like, I, you know, we know from looking back on the mm-hmm. perspective that, you know, if you stop this one behavior right now, it's going to really help you out. But somebody mm-hmm. could have told me that. I'm sure people did tell me different things to stop right. doing. And I kept doing it just because you're that age where, like, it, it doesn't even resonate. Yeah. And that's a lot of them in middle school. Like, you try to talk to them, you try to teach them. You try to help them before, you know, mm-hmm. something happens or before they go down the wrong path. And they just kind of look at you like a deer in headlights, like, right. what is this old dude talking about? Yeah. Like, nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. I'm going to be fine. So yeah. that's, the, that's the state that they're in right now. And do you so, see any of them as potential stand-ups? You got a couple do. of funny dudes? I do, and I talk to them every day. I try not to have favorites. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it's like it's just one kid named Peyton. I'm like Peyton, come here, talk to me, man. I just want to hear him talk because he's so funny, and I get a lot of material from him also. So that's great, man. Well, that's cool. So that keeps you on your toes, but it sounds like you know a daytime kind of gig. Oh yeah. And then yeah. so if you want to go out and hit the open mics or hit the road a little bit, and you got the oh, evenings yeah, have, and the weekends the free. Too. In the weekends, uh, the snow days are great because I didn't have to go. go yeah, to <laughs> I know we got, we got lucky with three snow days. Yeah, we did. And uh, did you go sledding? Um. I didn't go sledding, but me and my oldest son went in the backyard and built the snowman. So he was really excited about that. That's so. cool. I put a video up on the Facebook. I got to go sledding. We have this huge hill mm-hmm. and it was all iced over. So we just, we were tearing it up. It's probably about a quarter mile long. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so I felt like I was cool. on the luge, man. I should have came to your house. Oh, it was sledding. awesome. Well, that's cool, man. So, uh, I just wanted to go back a little bit and, uh, you know, you've got eight years mm-hmm. of experience doing stand up now and, and you took the class. You know, mm-hmm. what made you want to take the class? Did you Were you just looking at comics on TV and you're like, you know what, that'd be something fun to do? Or did you know a stand-up? Or um, Actually, with me, I can go back to like I was like four or five years old. My, old. my brother is 10 years older than me. So I remember when my parents would go to like a birthday party or a Christmas party or something. They'll be walking out the front door, and my brother would sneak all his friends in through the back door, oh, and they'll no. watch Eddie Murphy, like, uh-huh. raw and delirious. And so I'm, like, five years old, and they're cracking up. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? I don't think I know he's doing a lot of cussing, and my mom wouldn't like that. Right. <laughs> you know, and so they're laughing. They're dying. So I always try to figure out, like, what is making these guys laugh like that? And then as I got older, I just had a great sense of humor. And then uh, I followed Sinbad a lot. I was able to tell Sinbad jokes better than Sinbad. Uh-huh. So my brother really just got me into stand-up comedy without even knowing it because I just wanted to be like the guy on TV. Right. So, yeah. That's funny. I remember I used to listen to Dennis Miller. I listen to all those guys you're talking about, but mm-hmm. Dennis Miller, for oh, some yeah. reason, clicked uh-huh. with me. And I would try to shape things like Dennis Miller. <laughs> right. You know, I was dropping references to books I haven't read yet and movies mm-hmm. I never saw. Right. And my friend's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Dennis Miller, man, he's hilarious. Like, nah, he might be, but you're not. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's cool, man. And then I know you, uh, we were talking to a couple other people in that class with you. Monty Mitchell, very funny right, guy yeah. who we've got to get on the podcast. Yeah. He's out there killing it, doing yeah, good. Yeah, he is. 
And and your graduate like your graduation show, uh I remember it being really solid set. Like I need to go back and look at that again too. Yeah, it was for my first time on stage, it was really good, but I just went back previously the other night and watched it, and it was terrible. Compared, compared to what you're doing <laughs> yeah, now. compared to now, because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, like I said, the joke, the topic itself was strong, but, mm-hmm. like, just my mannerisms and movement, and I didn't know when to stop on the joke, you know, let the crowd laugh. And, you know, but overall it was a good set, but just looking at the minor things. Yeah, the performance part of it takes a little while. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. your own style, and, man, just – your first night, you know, it's the first time hearing the jokes come out of your mouth. So you yeah, don't even exactly. know where to pause or, you know. Exactly. And I remember um, in your class, we worked on the three-minute joke that we were supposed to do. The night before, I just scratched that. I was like, I'm going to do this one. Right. And it, I made it up in the car on the way to my friend's house. And so, like, when I got on stage, I was really nervous because I never tried it before. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I'm going to suck. I'm going to fail. Yeah. I'm going to bomb. And it turned out to be great. So, it yeah, really there's, been a, there's been maybe four or five times where uh, people, are like, on the way over. Right. Kind of like, all right, I, I, we worked on that other thing. I'm going to go with this. <laughs> right. So. And, and and Monty, I remember him, like, he didn't. He never, in the writing class, he never said anything. He was, he was writing stuff talked, over there. Yeah. And then the first time he got up in the performance class, I'm like, oh, this guy's yeah. he's got a lot of the natural element. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought because Monty never said a word. I know. <laughs> like he, I thought he didn't enjoy it. I thought he was he was out of there, you know, that yeah, he signed he up just for the sat performance. In the corner and but his first time up, I was looking like, Man, this guy has something here. Yeah. So. yeah he's got a, a certain likability and a certain a juxt you know, his his not juxtaposition, his his uh mannerisms on stage, mm-hmm. you know, his his and what's the word I'm looking for? It's disposition. Disposition, His yeah. disposition on stage is very likable and, <laughs> yeah, it is. and silly. And he can even be kind of mean, but it doesn't seem like it. All right, exactly. Yeah, I love Monty, man. He's a great great performer and great guy overall. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, so after the performance class, how long was it before you went back to do some open mics? Did you feel like, was it like, that hey, was a bucket list thing? Or was it like, I got to do this again. This is too much fun. Um, comedy is something I always knew I wanted to do. Like at one point I knew like, I'm at least try stand-up comedy. But once, because uh, school, college was okay. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the lifestyle, but I knew entertainment is something that I really wanted to do. So once I started taking your class, I was all in from then. I was like, I'm going to take comedy as far as I can possibly take it. And um, so after that, we actually started, a, I guess, a troupe uh-huh. <laughs> immediately after we took your class. So it was myself, Monty Mitchell. Uh, Scott Neese and yeah. you remember Scott? Oh yeah, Scott and Jason Steinhauser. Yeah, the Alabama guys. Yeah, from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. and so mm-hmm. like immediately after your class, we all got together. We put our heads together. Okay, we're gonna go on tour. We're gonna be the Black and Blue Comedy Troupe. <laughs> we're, <gonna, laughs> we're gonna take over the world. And we did one show. <laughs> we did one show, and it was probably like three people in the audience. Yeah, <laughs> and so. That is too funny. Yeah, so after that, I just started doing open mics, you know, working on different material, working on uh, my mannerisms and movement and working on different jokes and different topics. So Yeah, until you kind of feel feel yeah. it, you know, you got to work on it till you feel it naturally. Right, exactly. And then you just got to trust it. Yeah, exactly. And then focus on the material yeah. again. Yeah. Shift it back and forth. Well, cool. Um, you know, as you're in this stage of the game, you know, you've got your mentor thing going on. And you probably, you know, everybody wants to hit the road a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of gigs are you looking to do? What would be your ideal situation if you were able to go full time? Would it be, you know, clubs? Would it be colleges? What churches? What kind of mix would you be looking for? Um, definitely clubs. I love the comedy club scene. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work several clubs 
for, you know, a couple of weekends as a host or maybe mm-hmm. an opener or one-nighter, one-night events. And I love the clubs. Uh, churches is cool. I like churches. Um, they laugh regardless. So They're happy you're not <laughs> right. preaching. Exactly. And they know you're going to do your time. <laughs> yeah, they know I'm going to do my time. They know I don't have to give a collection. So it's right. really, <laughs> that's really good. But, um, you know, clubs and churches and uh, possibly theaters one day, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but right now I'm mostly working on the club scene. You ever thought about combining your your mentoring skills with some kind of humorous message and taking that to the a variety of you know schools have budgets for programming mm-hmm. and if you're able to combine your two loves your mentoring and your right. stand up there's a pretty good need for that your that yeah. crossed your mind uh, it has co- crossed my mind but right now I'm trying to figure out material that'll reach you yeah. know the middle school kid that's the that's the number one thing I'm working on for that. Hopefully one day I can get that up and running, but it's hard to, because, you know, when you're in middle school, you really don't know too much yeah. of anything. But, so. you know, just the, the the conversations you have with those kids you're mentoring, mm-hmm. you know, what I what I would assume is after they get to know you a little while and they're working mm-hmm. on their bikes or what have you, they kind of loosen up and they might talk about a problem at home or a problem in school. Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And so those problems are almost like bullet points in your presentation, Right, you know right. the the things they go through, and you, and you, you know, you might want to maybe kind of just sketch that out and say, you know, here's three three common problems with middle schooler kids have, mm-hmm. and then address, uh, you know, the ideal way to to approach that problem, link in a personal story of you when you were that age, right, and right. you could write some humor around that, mm-hmm. and then you could even bring in without saying their name, you know, one of the right. kids I was mentoring handled it this way and like have him be the star of the joke, even though you're getting the laughs in your exactly. presentation. Exactly. And then lather, rinse, repeat and do that three or four times. And you've got an hour presentation that I would think middle schools will be jumping all over. Yeah. Let me get a notebook and write this. Yeah. Well, let's talk through it a little bit. <laughs> right. Cause I think, uh, you know, comedy for the sake of, of getting some laughs is great. And if people want to go to a comedy club and just get a laugh, it's great. But when you can connect it to a bigger purpose, it the snowball starts rolling faster, I think. Right. You know, the initial putting the snowball together is a little bit different because you're not doing it in the club and you're you're looking at takeaways. But mm-hmm. the uh, you know the school programming they need to bring. I mean, I get emails fairly regularly, once mm-hmm. or twice a month, where they're like, "Hey, would you come speak to our middle school class or to our high school class?" Right. And I've got I've got some things that would be relatable, mm-hmm. but I don't have the mentoring experience that you have right there with right. the kids that they want me to speak to. Right. And so I could be flipping those things to you and say, listen, I don't have a program, but you need to hear Chris Cherry's program. Right. You know, and we come up with a nice title for it. Mm-hmm. Let's brainstorm some titles. Yeah. Uh, um, what's the typical junior high? Junior high in some places is 6th, 7th, and 8th, or 7th, 8th, and 9th, but it's, it's typically 12, 13, 14. Yeah, around that age. Mm-hmm. All right. So you could work with that. You could work – what? You know, it's just the awkwardness of that. You hate to like remind them how awkward they are, <laughs> and I, and they probably heard too often that hey, the best days lie ahead once you get through this stage. Exactly, and you a know. lot of them are awkward. So yeah, I mean, man, yeah, I remember it's just guys will shoot up six inches taller and over yeah. two months, you yeah. know, and then their arms are dangling, you know, yeah, almost touching <laughs> the floor, and yeah, get the acne kicking in. <laughs> It'd be funny if you could take acne and make it an acronym. And make the A, C, N, and E right. the four points of your program. Exactly. And then so your program be called Overcoming Acne with Chris <laughs> Cherry. And so every junior high kid is like, well, maybe it's got something to say. Right. And then, yeah. But acne is a, you know, an acne is a temporary situation that can be resolved mm-hmm. with the proper approach. And that's, you could pick four bullet points of, yeah. 
You know, A could be what? A could be um, um, angst. Maybe they're angry at their parents or anger. What do you see with those kids? Anything with an A? A. Um, well, A could be awkward, I guess. Yeah, it could be awkward. You know? Awkward. It, it, overcoming awkwardness. And just, you know, come at it from an angle where, you know, these are these are the best times in your life because you don't even know what you're going to look like a year from now. You know, <laughs> you can have some fun angles with that. Yeah. Maybe some funny slides to go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have access to like a PowerPoint or a projector. So A could be maybe awkward. What C, when you're that age, is it change maybe? You're yeah. awkward. You're going through changes. changes. A lot of them are. Challenges. Challenges. I was just thinking challenges. Yeah. Maybe um, we go with challenges. Yeah. In. In. Nerdy, maybe. Nerdy, <laughs> yeah. Nerdy or uh, it could be like um, two. Or it could be like you feel like you, you're you not belonging. I remember just feeling like I didn't know what group I was supposed to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that goes on. Like they're trying to, like I said, find themselves, find a group of friends. Um, one day they might be sitting with this group. The next day they can be with a completely different group. You never thought they'd hang with. Just trying to you yeah. know, see who they're comfortable with and who they like. And what about network? Who's your network? network Who's your buddies? Yeah, network. All right, so we got a, we, remember doing good. Hey, AC, hey, we're doing pretty good. And uh, e. e now E is going to be the last one in your speech, so it, it needs to be powerful. It needs to be uplifting. It needs to exciting. Um, nah, not exciting. Exciting's not bad. Um, encouraging. There you go. It's naturally uplifting. Yeah. You can offer them encouragement on the way out with um, some people that have overcome situations by using the three different techniques and and here's here's the beauty of what you're doing with your mentoring is you could actually start thinking when you go into your mentoring sessions acne okay <laughs> yeah okay if this kid's awkward let me talk to that guy about being awkward or you know mm-hmm. feel him out and there might be a story that comes out of that yeah all right let's see that this guy's got a challenge over here let's find out what the challenge is. you could even ask i mean i don't know if you mentor in a group or if it's just one-on-one but what, what's the situation like? Um, when I go in at Haynes Middle School, it's like 30 kids. Okay. And so it's me and another person. We're working with all 30. And when I go to Jerry Baxter's, maybe 12. That's perfect. 15, so you got so. about 40, 40 50, 45 people. Yeah. Would you be able to hand them like an index card and say, hey, anonymously, I just want you to write down your biggest oh, yeah, challenge. Definitely. Yeah. And you take those cards and sift through them and, and you find the most common challenge mm-hmm. or perhaps one that just really jumps out at you. And you just write a little approach to how you solve that challenge. Right. I'm telling you, I might Chris, do that today. <laughs> you know, you're welcome to stick around here and use some quiet time in the office. But if I was in your shoes, I, I mean, mm-hmm. and plus you could be funny while you're doing it. Right. And here's what I've learned from doing, because uh, I do two different, almost, well, three different speeches now. But people need the content of the speech, mm-hmm. but they also want to have a good time. Right. I mean, we've all sat through those speeches that are just dry, and the guy says yeah. one old joke, and he thinks he's funny, and exactly. it's dead silence. <laughs> but you are coming in with the program, and the funny is a huge benefit. They're not even – you know, they see a little bit maybe in, in the materials we put together for you to kind of get this program mm-hmm. rolling. But you know, it's a huge benefit, and they're going to share – those kids are going to go home and talk. Man, this guy came to school today, this Chris Cherry guy. Right. Boom. You got a little page on your website just for the program. Mm-hmm. You get some video of that first program, and you chop it up and start putting it together. Yeah. I'm telling you, this yeah. could— It could be big. Yeah, and I've got a friend of mine who uh, who did school programs back in the day, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to connect you guys and see if okay. he can kind of give you some tips on what, what his program was like. And, you know, his was music-based, but— 
he might kind of know the system and the infrastructure of mm-hmm. how to get those gigs and who to approach and all right, that. Right, right. Yeah, that sounds good. I'd love to meet with him. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would imagine guidance counselors would be the first person you would kind of try mm-hmm. to uh, touch base with. And then Google and see if they're having a meeting. You know, there's probably a Tennessee Guidance Counselor Association. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, I bet there is something, something equivalent to that. Right. And that would be the first place you would try to go. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I would go initially and just try to give a free presentation and say, hey, listen, right. I don't care if it's why you guys are eating lunch. I need. <laughs> I, I would like to get a video of me presenting this subject. Right. And, you, and we'll sketch it out and show them all the, the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And, man, yeah. those guys go right back to their principals or superintendents and yeah. plug you in. Yeah. Sounds like I never, like I said, I thought of things like that, but just the, the idea that you gave me, I never even thought to put it in that type of context. So, man, I, th- yeah. I mean, I think, well, I just know from you, 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 you can connect with those kids. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're trying to come up with something just to sell them. You're coming up with something to help them. Right. And that benefits you. And the one thing I know from doing my speeches, the jokes that work in my speeches, they work on stage, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, it's the, the structure of the joke and the punchline, all that's right. getting a laugh. So you'll, you'll find, maybe your best three or four stories from the program. Mm-hmm. And some of those could be like your, your closing signature bits in your show. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you're true. that much in touch with that age group, man, Yeah, I think there's a ton of potential. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of potential there. Yeah. yeah. I can visualize it in my head right now. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe you can even have a uh, Q&A after called cherry picking where they pick your brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you get the, yeah. the last name that's a visual. Yeah, I was – I was blessed with a wonderful last name. People ask me all the time, it's like, is that your real last name? I'm like, yeah. My name is Chris Cherry. So Dude, I think I think I'm gonna take the rest of the day off and help you with this. I think I mean if, if I was in your Seriously. shoes, man, I'd be jumping all over an opportunity yeah. like that. But it it will combine the two things you love to do and mm-hmm. both things will benefit from it. Uh kids will benefit from it. Schools will be I mean it's just a yeah. it's like a win five different win-win ways. Situation. Yeah. All right. Now, let's say you don't do all that. Okay. <laughs> let's say that was just a bunch of random. Next up. Uh, what would be your other option? No. Okay. So so let's just table that. That's an opportunity. Right. Okay. It's going to take a little time and work, but, man, I think you would enjoy the work of putting that together. But let's say you didn't do that and you were just going to kind of focus on the clubs. You know, what kind of steps um, – what kind of st- – what kind of challenges are you having getting in with clubs? Is it more just your time and you need to, to set the time away to, to go do the gigs or are there – processes that you haven't like smoothed out that you'd like to get better at um i think some things i need to smooth out a little bit is just networking Mm -hmm. you know getting really getting to know the club manager because when you contact them you're just some random guy trying to get time or trying to perform and you know that's been the toughest part for me just really getting into the different clubs that i really don't know the management or know the owners Mm -hmm. or you know know someone that has a way for me to get into so that's that's really been the you know the networking part yeah, and it, you know it it can change pretty often. Oh yeah. You know, I just was looking at my list of clubs and contacts, and in the past year, uh, some clubs have closed, reopened in different locations. Some have yeah. closed altogether. True. Some the owner has sold, and now there's new management across the board. Mm-hmm. Some they sold, and then the new management came in and said it's not worth keeping, and they just shut it down. Yeah. I know I used to work. Um Cincinnati a lot mm-hmm. at the Funny Bone in Cincinnati. Yeah, up on the levee. Yeah, on the levee. Yeah, Newport yeah. on the levee. Yeah, Newport. And I used to do that club a lot whenever I was in town because my wife is from Cincinnati. So whenever I come up, I just tell the manager, hey, I'm here. You know, he'll let me host or, you know, whatever, whatever they had available. And when that management changed, a new manager came in. He just brought people in from, you know, that he knew. And that Mm -hmm. manager left and another manager came in. So they're they're like on their fourth manager now. He doesn't have a clue 
who I am and you know, really doesn't care. So yeah, it's like you almost you still go back to Cincinnati to see your wife's family and stuff. Uh, I do, I do, and every time I'm there, I contact them. I might hear back from them. I might not. So I yeah. just find another. You know, I have comedian friends up there, so I just do something. You know that they're doing. So. Yeah, I mean, I would you know hang any of those comics that are working that club. Just go, even if you got to pay the ten or fifteen bucks, go watch somebody so you can oh, kind of yeah. reconnect. Yeah, you know, as you come into. I've done that before when I was traveling when I first started mm-hmm. out. Uh, before I even knew a lot of comics, if I was out on the road, I would stop in a club and just say, "Hey, you know, who's here tonight? Who's the feature act?" And mm-hmm. when, usually, when I said, "Who's the feature act?" They're like, "Why would you want to know that?" I said, "Well, I'm a comedian. You know, I just want to know if it's a buddy of mine." Right. And half the time they go, "Oh, just come on in for free and sit in the back," mm-hmm. you know. And other times I paid to get in, but I would I would come in and through the course of the night, you know, see the manager who it was, and then right. introduce myself. I'd try to find a spot where they finally got some time like yeah. i would never interrupt them during the show or even immediately yeah, after when they're doing yeah. the checks but you know they usually pop out at the end and yeah, if, they, if they're so, usually standing around along, alongside the wall or something yeah and, yeah and yeah. so you can introduce yourself and kind of reconnect that way a little bit and then uh, you know if you're up there for two or three days visiting your wife mm-hmm. i would hit, hit the club on the first night drop your wife off at and the two kids <laughs> at, at her mom's or wherever right and say i'm just gonna go touch base with the club if you do that on a wednesday you might be able to get a set on a thursday yeah that's true yeah. you know it's pretty rare to pop in the same night and and say, hey, can I go up? You know, right, right. But if you popped in the night before, mm-hmm. you know, there's conversations that could happen there. Let them know you're sticking around. Um, a buddy of mine, Jeff Jenna, have you, did you ever bump into Jeff Jenna when you were up there doing sets? Older guy. Um, I don't think so. His name, I don't. He would run some workshops up there. I think he's okay. part owner of the club. Okay, okay. But um, if next time you get ready to head up there, give me a holler and I'll shoot him an email and see if he knows who's the manager. Okay, and you know cool. what the what the setup is and the system mm-hmm. and if Will they have an open mic night and all that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's uh, that is key, man. You know, in retrospect, looking back, I can see how important it was to to network, and I I think it did an okay job. Mm-hmm. But man, with the technology today and stuff, oh yeah, you know, almost on one of the first podcasts we we talked about networking, and if you just used Evernote on your computer or your app, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it syncs up to whatever you have. Right. So if you've got it on your phone, it also connects to your laptop or what have you. Just in that, you could have a folder for each club you visit. And literally, you can take a picture of the club and mm-hmm. copy that right into the folder. Yeah. Um, as as I'm at the door guy now, I would like write down his name in that folder and mm-hmm. like a little brief description. It's the guy with the mohawk and the <laughs> tattoos or whatever, right. and the manager and uh, what what comics I saw that night, and then any information I got from any of the comics in that town, I would put mm-hmm. in that folder. You know, it goes along with that club. Right. And so when I'm back in that area, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stop by the club. Oh man. If I call that doorman by his name when I walk in, they'll be yeah. impressed. Hey, Adam, what's up? Yeah, How'd you cool know my points, name? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's not like cheating or anything. It's like getting to know your people. Right, right. You know, so uh, that'd be something to think about. If you don't use Evernote, man, it's an easy program. Mm-hmm. There's other ones like it, but I think it's for a free one. You said Evernote? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little green logo with an elephant on it. Okay. Like, like memory, like the elephant. Okay, yeah. So, uh that's something. So, so networking is definitely a thing. Um, you know, are you any of the Facebook groups for the different towns where you, the clubs are? Um, you want to go yeah, to? Yeah, I'm, I'm in a couple, couple of Facebook groups. Um, like I said, I know Cincinnati is one. I think uh, Indianapolis is another one. I think Birmingham is another one. I mm-hmm. mean, so yeah. yeah, Dayton's got one. I believe Dayton's a good market. They got two good clubs. Oh yeah, Dayton. They've got a funny bone, and they've got a, a Wiley's Comedy Club. It's been there. Yeah, it was there when I started, so it's been there at least mm-hmm. 25 years probably. Yeah, I know. Um, I just started working about two years ago with a group called Extreme Gospel Comedy based in Columbus, Ohio. So we've been hitting all the funny bones throughout Ohio throughout the year, and that's been really good as well. Oh, good. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Good. You know who else you might want to talk to? I mean, your act's fairly clean. Mm-hmm. Um, Midwest Clean Comedy. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give you a link. We did a podcast with the two guys that booked that. Okay. And they ba- basically will do like a, you know, four or five o'clock on a Saturday clean show at these comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. And so they're always looking for clean comics to put in that rotation. Right. So that'd be something to look into, too. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Cool, man. And uh, long-term plans, short-term plans, what's your aspirations? What do you feel like? You, you're writing enough or not writing enough, or how's that going? Um, writing? I can write more. I know I know, I could, but uh, there's some material now I'm still trying to get down packed. But I try to I, – I write something throughout the throughout the week. I never go – you know, a full week or like three or four days without writing mm-hmm. something. But uh, writing wise, I want to get to the point where I'm writing something new just about every night or every other night. And, you know, working on it, getting it finished and then, you know, rehearsing it in my head in the shower. Then, mm-hmm. you know, the next day writing something new. That's short term writing. Um, also short short term. Um, hopefully by next year, I would like to be full time comedy. So I'm really, you know, working towards that. I you think know. with this program idea. Yeah. Because acne spreads, my friend. <laughs> one right. guy will get it. Some girl will get it. As soon as one gets rid of it, somebody else gets, gets it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely uh, want to go full time. And then long term, I just want everything comedy can give me. So, you know, if that's acting, movies or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I would like to just expand, you know, see as far as I can go. That's cool, man. And I know um, you said your website's kind of under redevelopment. Yes, it is. That's worth that's worth spending some time on. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it was up and going at first, but it really wasn't how I liked it. You know how I liked it to be. I wanted it to be. So right now it's just being um, redeveloped. It's ChrisCherryComedy.com for everybody that's listening. And uh, like your website says a lot about you now, right? You know, so when people look at your website, if they're not impressed. They're not going to be even interested or thinking about booking you or right. in contact with you. So Yeah, when yeah. you when you have your guy working on it, um, you know, make sure on the on the front homepage and we did a podcast about websites a while back, but in general that that first homepage, man, have a, a little snippet of a video they can click on right away. Right, right. You can even have it set to autoplay so when as soon as they go on there you start man. going. Mm-hmm. Uh, your contact information, phone number and just a real real brief blurb about the style of comedy you do, right. you know. But if they don't see any other page, make sure that first page gives them the info mm-hmm. they're looking for. Yeah, most definitely. And if they want to go deeper into the acne plan, we can put that page on there in a bit. Yeah, I like the acne plan, man. I think it could work. Dude, I, I'm already envisioning like <laughs> like your poster is either you or it's like a, a tube of Clearasil. But instead of Clearasil, it says uh, something about like the maybe CC acne plan for Chris right. cherry and it's got little cherries on the logo mm-hmm. and then uh, on the back like how do you how to apply follow <laughs> these four steps and you will change not only from the inside but also outwardly <laughs> you know right may 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 remove awkwardness sooner than you think or something I think you have a job coming up with plans for <laughs> yeah. for different people. That's awesome, though. Well, I think, well, it's funny. I've been doing the speeches for like three, four years now, mm-hmm. maybe longer than that. But the last three or four, I've learned more how to do it. And I think every comic has a theme either in their life or in their stand-up that can be mm-hmm. developed into a program that can not only get you more time on the microphone, but also help somebody else out. Right. Yeah. And, man, with, with, the, with what you're doing, mm-hmm. I mean, schools is one thing, summer camps, youth camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Church camps, yeah, they they literally cannot find enough qualified people to go in there because the demand is so high for that. Right. 
So, man, if, if we can get it rolling, I'll help you outline it. But if yeah, you can get it rolling, definitely. I'll definitely um, I'll call the people I know and see if okay. we can get something. Yeah, we can we can get it on. We can get it ready. Cool, man. Well, yeah. well, let's say this. Hopefully, in a year, we'll touch base again. Okay. And we'll talk about what's the difference between twenty nine and thirty. Right. <laughs> and it may be that uh, you have no, you have all the acne you want. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? Could be. Cool, man. Full of acne. You never know. So, uh, Chris Cherry's your website, and on Twitter, are you do the tweets? Um, not, I hear you. I hear not you. Not really. I'm really not a big social media guy. I, I mean, I know that's where the world is going now. Yeah. Social media, but like, I'm on Instagram, uh, Chris Cherry Comedy. I'm on Facebook at Chris Cherry Comedy. That's really about it. Okay. You know, um, you don't have to do them all as long as you do a couple pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I do. I'm old school. I still do the Facebook thing. Yeah, but Twitter, not. That's not just not me. Yeah. Okay. Well, people can look you up then. Um, it's funny. I got a, I got a, I don't know if it was a spam email. I just deleted it, but I got a thing the other day. It said somebody left a message for you on, on MySpace. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's spam. And I'm like, I'm just going to delete that because that's just going to be a rabbit hole of spam yeah. and a virus. But yeah, I remember when that came out. Man, that that for a short time was like a game changer because you're able to like reconnect with all your yeah. high school and college friends who now, you know, for me I was looking at it not always reconnecting with them, but hey, did you guys ever do a fundraiser where you need a comedian? And yeah, several right. people, you know, picked me up from doing that. But yeah. Find Chris Cherry on Facebook, on the Instagram, which I don't do Instagram really. I tinkered with it and I'm just yeah. like, man. I, I do it I do it every now and then. I really just don't like taking pictures of myself or yeah. <laughs> you know, or random <laughs> pictures. So you know, every now and then I'll post something, but you know. oh, that's cool. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes so people can look you up and find All you. Right. Hey, and listen, I, I know from our audience, if any of you guys have ideas for his uh, his program, mm-hmm. if any of you listening have a group that would like to eventually hear his program when it gets put together, right. feel free to you know send it to him on one of his social things, or if you want to email it to me, I'll forward it on to you. Mm-hmm. School of last at gmail.com and just put in a subject headline uh, acne, and I'll know what it's all about. <laughs> But I, I think you're really sitting on some potentially good stuff here. Yeah, yeah that's great ideas you gave to me. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you got to come in and, and catch oh, yeah. up. It's good to see you. It's been a while. It has been too yeah. long. Yeah, way too long. Cool, man. Last time I saw you, you had the acne. And that's the last time I'll say <laughs> acne except for this last time. And uh, thanks, for you guys, for listening to, to the podcast. Leave us an iTunes review if you don't mind, and uh, I'll read them on the air. Thanks again, Chris. All right, no problem. Thanks, Rick. You bet. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Last podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.